Welcome to Cherry Beckert's GovCon podcast, where we discuss current government contracting trends, compliance matters, and best practices to guide federal contractors forward. I'm Susan Moser. I'm the leader of Cherry Beckert's government contracting industry practice, and I'm excited today joining me is one of our new members of our team, Brendan Halloran, a senior manager in our government contracts group. Brendan recently joined us uh, after more than 10 years at the Defense Contract Management Agency, and he brings a number of years of experience working with DCMA as a divisional ACO, and prior to that, he was in the pricing group. And so one of the things that we're most excited about, um, part of what we try to do with uh, bringing solutions to our government contract clients and helping them is is really giving them different perspectives. And so within our team, we have a number of different people that have come from different backgrounds. You know, some people like myself started in industry um, or have been in consulting. We've got folks that came from DCAA. Um, and now with Brendan joining us from DCMA, uh, we think he has a really unique perspective. And part of what we try to do are give clients the benefit of multiple different perspectives when we're dealing with, with DCA issues. So, so first off, welcome, Brendan, and maybe just tell us a little bit about your time at DCAA and, and kind of what you did, and then I'm going to ask you a few questions that I think people would be interested in. Great. Thanks, Susan. Really glad to be here. Um, yeah, as, um, as you mentioned, um, you know, coming from DCMA, um, I started off uh, really focused on some of the cost and price initiatives um, that were you know, really part of the DOD-wide um, better buying uh, power initiatives. And so spent a lot of time kind of developing the new, um, you know, policy and way that we were going to, you know, operate in supporting government customers in terms of their, you know, price and, and cost evaluation needs. Um, so there was a lot of effort, um, you know, kind of at the onset uh, of that time frame. And then I transitioned to um, a role as a uh, divisional administrative contracting officer and just a little background on what you know what a um, DACO um, does is you know we are assigned to you know major contractor segments um, you know at, a, at various thresholds and really manage the the interaction and how the government um, is actually doing business with uh, with major um, divisions so you know really looking at uh, business systems and you know the actual you know surveillance and reviews of those um, cost accounting standards administration forward pricing so working on you know forward pricing rate evaluation developing forward pricing rate recommendations and entering into uh, forward pricing rate agreements <clears throat> um, negotiating incurred costs um, you know with uh, with a fair amount of effort uh, from DCAA in the past few years to get caught up on incurred cost audits. That's obviously, um, you know, was a major, major effort on DCMA's part to actually um, work with those audits, negotiate through any question costs or or findings, and get um, get final rate agreements in place so that we can, you know, get the you know closeout process moving forward. So really, um, you know, managing, you know, and the relationships um, not only with the government buying activities, um, <clears throat> you know, that those are really, you know, the DCMA um, 
you know, customers, but really, um, you know, working with uh, with various contractors to, you know, make sure that, um, you know, we're aware of, you know, any changes, um, a lot of merger and acquisition activity in the industry. So managing kind of what the organizations are going to look like and how that process is going to work. Um, so, you know, really um, enjoyed, you know, my time, you know, gaining that experience and, you know, very excited to, you know, work with, you know, with the contractor side and, and provide, you know, some of the insight and perspective that, you know, that I obtained, um, you know, kind of work Working through from a from the regulatory agency side, so um, really looking forward to it, and um, you know already getting uh, I think some good exposure to uh, to Cherry Records uh, clients so far. Great, um, I know you know we deal with government audits and the outcome of government audits all the time, and uh, you know I know a lot of times people have sort of the perception that that DCAA is the ultimate, you know, decision making and, and they're really not. It's they they really are recommending information and, and most of that does go to a contracting officer or ACO. Um, so maybe talk and, and a lot of people don't probably don't utilize and don't reach out to ACOs maybe as, as much as they um, should. So um, Let's just talk a little bit about a few things that you think people would be surprised to know about working with contracting officers. So maybe if you have a, a few a few things that, that come to mind in that area. Yeah, no, and, and great point, Susan. I mean, you you know, you mentioned, you know, DCA's audit and, and kind of the perception that, you know, what is in an audit report is the, you know, is the kind of final word or be all end all. And, you know, I just want to you know, kind of highlight that, you know, DCAA is is really advisory um, so that, you know, the, you know, the findings and, and their audit reports ultimately end up with, you know, with a contracting officer, whether it be, you know, typically it may be one from, you know, from DCMA, but possibly at the actual, you know, contracting administration office for, for one of the services. Um, you know, so it's really important for contractors to know that, you know, although they may have, you know, a, a finding or um, a question cost, whether it be to an allowability issue or reasonability, um, really the contracting officer is the one who who makes the ultimate, um, you know, determination um, as to, you know, whether, you know, whether an item is, you know, in fact, uh, unallowable. Um, or, you know, gauging what the, you know, reasonableness is. And so, you know, I think it's um, important to to highlight that because there, there really is a lot of, um, there's a, a lot of movement, um, you know, and, and action that needs to happen once an audit report is issued. And so, you know, definitely encourage, you know, contractors to engage um, the contracting officers to, you know, really, um, you know, provide their point um, in response to an audit um, and and give the you know give the information um, you know to the contracting officer and, and work through the negotiations there because um, there's certainly um, further discussion to be had um, once an audit is issued um, in terms of um, you know kind of additional things that you know that as a contracting officer that you see is that um, and that contractors should be aware of is that, um, you know, 
the contracting officers really are getting inputs from from many different sources. So, you know, we've mentioned audit um, a fair amount, um, but you're also um, getting information from, you know, customers um, and the customers in this case could be, you know, uh, an actual service or the agency that, you know, that the that the end product or service is for. And, you know, and then also bringing in, you know, policy and, and regulatory matters. So the, the contracting officer really has to kind of, you know, work through and navigate, um, you know, not only inputs from audit, from, you know, the actual program or contract uh, technical folks, um, as well as, you know, anything that's being provided by, you know, the contractor in terms of feedback or status. And so, you know, there's a lot of information to really bring together to get at, you know, a decision point, um, you know, whatever that might be on for, for a contracting officer. So, you know, really providing, you know, good sound information is very important for contractors to be aware of um, and it does help to kind of build you know a rapport and and you know you know i'll say even a you know level of trust that you know the contracting officer can you know depend on on information um you know and that they can get it timely to actually factor into those um, decisions yep so you know one of the things that i always advise clients because we do deal with lots of clients that have issues that they do need to deal with the ACO, whether it's a business system issue or cast compliance or negotiating, uh, you know, final final rates. And um, my first question to them is, how much of a relationship do you have with your ACO? Obviously, uh, it's, it's usually best to not start the conversation where you have a problem or an issue you want to resolve. Um, so just talk a little bit about, you know, how should contractors, you know, interact with an ACO? Uh, is it just wait until you have a problem or, you know, just, I think that's something a lot of companies uh, probably don't really have much of a, a relationship or haven't had little, if any, interaction with, with their ACO. Yeah, no, and it's a really, um, it's, a, it's a good topic because it's, it's very important, um, you know, based on, you know, based on a company's, you know, level of um, government contract business and, and really the magnitude of that, you know, reaching out um, to the contracting officer, um, whether it be for, you know, introductions, if, if you have a, um, you know, if you have a new office uh, administering or, or providing oversight um, is really um, something I would recommend doing. You know, it's important to um, to have, you know, a communication channel with the contracting officer. And, and as you said, Susan, you know, waiting for, um, for a time when you actually have an issue that's going to be on the table that that needs to be resolved. I think it's it's very important to you know have um, you know have that that line of communication with the contracting officer, and you know to try and build you know a, a working relationship because that's what um, you know what helps to actually get some of these matters taken care of. And so um, you know again you know there's um, as with with anywhere there's um, you know some of the contracting officers may be you know very um very pro proactive and, and very open to communication um and, and others may you know may not be as you know forward and, and willing to engage but making the effort i think is really uh, something that's um you know a very worthwhile effort for contractors to you know make themselves known um you know make themselves available um if anything is needed for the contracting officer so that you're not you know you're not only dealing with problems you want to be you know 
kind of facilitating and helping that relationship along. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's definitely good advice. And I, I know when Brendan and I first started talking, um, he obviously struck me as as very different and approachable um, and engaging uh, than maybe perhaps some of the other ACOs that I've contracting officers I've dealt with. But uh, what are what are some other things that uh, some other advice um, in terms of companies working with with their contracting officer? Yeah, no, I think um, you know. Something to keep in mind, you know, is that, you know, ultimately, you know, the contracting officer, um, you know, it's in many cases, they're given a lot of latitude to, you know, arrive at a decision or a determination, whether that be, you know, on, you know, how a how a contract performance issue would be resolved all the way through, you know, how, you know, a um, potential issue with a, a business system would be um would be handled. So, you know, providing, um, you know, good um, justification for what, you know, what you're doing as a contractor is, um, is very important. And then also, you know, just remembering that, you know, a contracting officer um, should be, you know, kind of cognizant of the fact that, you know, there's a reason why the government is doing business, you know, with with a company because, you know, there's some, you know, service they need or they have a particular expertise to, to develop um, a system or a product. And so you really need to look at it as a long term um, relationship and something that that really should be, um, you know, you know, very, you know, a mutual exchange that, you know, a contracting officer should not be looking short term um, at, you know, you know, what the what the immediate impact is. They should be considering things, you know, long term and, you know, what the impact would have not only to, you know, to a contractor's business, but, you know, what, you know, what the impact could have um, longer term to the to the government program that, you know, that, that needs the service. Um, and the other thing, too, is just, you know, if you can gauge, you know, what um, kind of, you know, the contracting officers approach some, um, you know, as I said before, some may be, you know, um, kind of sticklers for, you know, um, ways that, you know, communications will be handled. Some may be more willing to sit down and, um, you know, and get a regular briefing as to, um, you know, what, you know, what's going on with the business or what are some of the things that are um, coming down the pipeline. And so if you have the opportunity to take advantage of that, certainly um, the time is well spent in, you know, in getting that conversation and, and kind of facilitating that. Um, the other thing to um, keep in mind is that, you know, contracting officers definitely need to um, understand, you know, you know, that, they may not have been with you know a particular contract or managing a particular contract um, contract or for for a long period of time. Things change and roles change, and so you know as a contractor, you really want to um, you know keep in mind that if you have someone new um, that you're working with um, from the government, you know to try and give them some background and give them some perspective and scope um, as to what you know what it is you're doing and, and some understanding of the program. Um, because, you know, they're coming into it fresh and, you know, they do have to ultimately make, you know, make their own decisions and just, you know, how it's been done um, in the past or, you know, kind of, you know, practices of, of um, you know, what you've done historically 
are not always going to, you know, pass the muster and, and, you know, be accepted by that contracting officer. So keep that in mind as well. Well, and I think that's a really good point because I know, um, you know, obviously a lot of things make their way into contracts that maybe should or should not be in there. Um, and a lot of people try to say, well, it's not really applicable, so don't worry about it. And, and things may be going along fine for a couple of years. And then usually if there is a, a, an issue, it's usually when there is a change of a contracting officer. And again, they don't necessarily have the benefit of the way things were. So they're looking at the document, which is why we're really always big sticklers for if there's stuff that's not correct or you're not following your contract, you need to either get a, you know, get a mod, get it out, you know, have a discussion, document it. Um, because, um, you know, as you said, the, the contracting officers, ultimately, they're looking at documents. And so I think having the perspective of that background is, is certainly uh, helpful. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yep, yep. And I know, um, you know, one other, you know, we're dealing with uh, business systems all the time. Um, and, um, you know, that's a hot topic. It's always been a, it's always been an issue for a number of years for for large businesses, but increasingly small businesses are interested in business systems. So, talk just briefly about the role of the ACO in the business systems. I guess they're ultimately the ones that approve that. Yeah. So, you know, depending on the um, on the system, I mean, obviously some might be, um, you know ones that are audited, for instance, accounting systems, or, you know, there may be a functional review, um, which in some cases, you know, let's say for a contractor purchasing system might be carried out by, um, by you know, a group in, in DCMA. Um, so the contracting officer is really the, you know, the ultimate, um, you know, recipient of, you know, any, you know, any findings or, you know, any, um, any details that that come out of those reviews, and so you know they play a, an integral part of you know that process of getting through the review of you know really um, kind of understanding if there are um, are any issues or or any opportunities for improvement that a contractor may have uh, with their business system, and so um, they have to you know actually understand. Um, you know all of the business systems in some cases, and so you know it's a that's a, a pretty uh, tall order in some cases to you know be able to drill down into the details of you know supply chains and earned value management, and so um, you know really having that you know information available and having you know kind of the the discussion around it is very helpful to them. But in terms of, you know, the actual process, you know, the contracting officer is going to, you know, really compare, um, you know, what, what is found with a particular business system to the requirement, you know, maybe a DFARS business systems clause, and, and really try to determine if that is something, if an issue is systemic, if it's, you know, actually represents a significant deficiency or if it's something that you know might be a little bit lower level um, you know uh, issue that could be resolved with a, a simple corrective action and then actually make you know a determination um, ultimately obviously um, contractors um, are, are hoping to achieve you know an approved status with their with their business system um, but ultimately that you know that really um, you know that authority um, lays with the with the contracting officer, and yeah. so you know, facilitating that that process is very important. Yeah. 
So, um, so we'll probably end with that, although I could ask you lots, lots of additional questions. And I know our, our audience, um, uh, you know, having your perspective uh, and expertise is, uh, is really valuable. And um, I think we'll, maybe we'll look for doing additional podcasts on, on uh, some of these specific uh, topics, because uh, there's certainly a lot of value in, in your perspective. I'm really excited that you've joined our team. So uh, with that, we will we will end and hopefully uh, this little bit of information on your perspective was was helpful to everyone. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Susan.